Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Ivy League, a look inside the ancient 18s in the Ivy League and their upcoming games with all of the stats, trends, and analysis that you want to hear. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Ivy League. And what an interesting week we had. Some cancellations because of COVID, some problems, some issues, yeah. But you know what? Some interesting play as well. We're going to get into that. We're going to go back. We're going to look at the college basketball schedule what transpired since the last time we talked last week, and what's going to happen on the week moving forward. I want to say, everybody out there, hey, Merry Christmas. Uh, If you're listening to me just before Christmas, well, Merry Christmas right afterwards. I hope you had a Merry Christmas, and you guys are enjoying listening to me. Guys, if you want to know more, uh, go check out my YouTube channel. It's Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube. Uh, Begin a lot of of hits on that. I go over a, a vast array of different topics, at Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter and TomBartonSports.com is how you can check me out. Please make sure if you're listening to this, subscribe to the channel and like it as well. All right, listen, guys, um, well, let's start off right away. We'll start off Thursday in a game where I was pretty impressed with Dartmouth. Dartmouth Thursday night turned around and they went into overtime. They forced overtime with Stanford. Um, Samuels, 22.6 rebounds to assist. He's looked good. Dartmouth is a weird team right now because I believe that they are playing much better than their record. I believe that Dartmouth is a team that should get a lot of recognition, but I'm also in that position where, look, I don't fully believe in Dartmouth. I don't think that they're a team that I'm worried about being a threat. I don't think that they're a team, they're not putting it together quite there. You know, what I will say about them is this, is that, you know, because the Ivy Leagues this year, to me, are kind of wide open, If they sneak in, they're going to be that dangerous team. Playing on the road, and they did the West Coast trip, so they were on the road for a couple of games. Playing on the road and pulling overtime against Stanford, even though you lost the game, that shows grit. And Samuels really had a fantastic game. 22-6-2 was absolutely fantastic. By the way, uh, the Stanford forward also had 22-6-2, exact same lines, Delaire and Samuels. So it was a real right-down-the-middle contest. I got to give them credit. I know it was last week at this point, but you know we have to step back and go through the week, and I have to give them credit for what they did. I think that you look at this Dartmouth team, and there's more to be had there. Not saying that they are not playing to potential because they're playing really well, but I think that there is more to be had. You go into Friday, in a weird spot. We had no Friday games in the Ivy Leagues. This is where it is early in the season. We, we often get that. And the same thing with Saturday. Friday and Saturday being dead zones in college basketball, specifically um, for any college basketball program, any college basketball conference, just it just stinks. But for the Ivy League fans, hey, we got nothing. So we turned our attention to Sunday. And Sunday there was, again, Dartmouth on the road. And Dartmouth was back on the road. They still stayed there. They stayed out on the West Coast, and they took on a Cal team, an above 500 Cal team that I'll look – They are not a top 25 team, but they're a much more talented team than Dartmouth. Dartmouth played within six. Dartmouth was right there. Dartmouth had a chance to win, right? And you look at Dartmouth and they're they're able to get one player going. 
And that's what happened here. You know, they got their forward going with a 26 and three. They get that one guy going, but they can't get that back-to-back double combination. Look, they only scored 55 points in this game, so I'm not going to applaud the offense by any stretch of the imagination. But I do like the great determination that Dartmouth did this week. Look, being on the West Coast is not very uh, friendly to any team, East Coast team specifically, to any East Coast teams at all. And then you come from the Ivy League and you're playing a Pac-12 team, two Pac-12 teams in back-to-back games, and you go overtime against one, you lose by six against another t- over 500. Look, nobody on Dartmouth wants to hear me say that, hey, you know, it's a moral victory. But guys, it's a moral victory. Dartmouth did well. This is a moral victory for what they are. This is a moral victory to hang your hat and say, okay. And then they turn around and you go to Tuesday and Dartmouth is still on the West Coast. So they're playing their third game on the West Coast, their third game on the road in a week. This is a tough spot for them. What do they do? Well, they lose to CSU Bakersfield, but they lose by four. Again, I know that it's frustrating for anybody part of Dartmouth, anybody part of Dartmouth basketball that's listening. It's frustrating to go out to the West Coast. You lose an overtime game that you probably should have won against Stanford. You lose by, you know, six points against Cal. You had that game at times. You had a shot. You lose by four against Cal State Bakersfield. You had a shot. So you lose an overtime game. The other two games were decided by 10 points, and you had a shot in both of those games. Dartmouth, there's no wins in the W column, right? Dartmouth, you didn't walk out of there and say, okay, we had a successful road trip. You can't say it's successful if you lose those games. But I'm telling you, I was impressed. I'm impressed with what they did despite losing. Uh, Let let me put it another way. I'm impressed with as much as I can be with a team that goes 0-3, right? You lose three games in a row How could I possibly be impressed? Well, you lose three games in a row in this fashion, in this spot, on the road against these teams. The only way that I could possibly be impressed by 3-0 would be by going out to the West Coast, losing one game in overtime to a Pac-12 team, coming back, losing that game by six to a Pac-12 team, and then Bakersfield by four in a game that you almost had. So I think Dartmouth and the Dartmouth program is heading in the right direction. To me, Dartmouth was almost, right? They're almost there. What they have to do is they got to get two guys going at the same time. They have the inability right now to get two of their players kind of red hot at the same time. Like I said, 20 points, 20 points, um, and then Brandon Barry. So you had three different leading scorers. Hey, on the plus side, you have three guys that you know could score the basketball. On the plus side, three guys scored over 19 points or more in each of those three games. The problem is, is that they can't get all three of them going. They can't even get two of them going at the same time in that right fashion. And that right now is where Dartmouth is. If they could get that secondary guy, and if they could get that, boom, that one-two punch going, they do have an array of of players here that could make some noise in this conference. They do have some stuff that's got to scare you if you're one of the elite teams. They have some players here that you look at and you go, yeah, that could be interesting. All right, let's take it to Sunday here. Harvard played for the first time in a little while, right? And you you look at, uh, you know, Chris Ledlam. He did have a double-double, 17-11 and one. They took care of Holy Cross. They won by eight points. Again, it wasn't a fancy win. It wasn't something that I do expect out of Harvard. It's not a, a win that you're hanging your hat on and saying, hey, great job. But it's a win nonetheless, right? And you look at that Harvard team, and I've said this for a little while now, that Harvard is a team with massive talent, but I just don't know who they are. Holy Cross is not a good team, 
but they can get competitive at times. And they've had a couple of games this year where they did get competitive. And you look at this Harvard team and you go, I still don't know who you are. I'm not sure exactly who Harvard is. Massively talented, sure. But what are you moving forward? Well, they turned around and they had another game on Tuesday where they had an eight-point win against Howard. Again, another quality team. They're about 500. But a team you should win. And you should beat. And they did. They did go out there and they won the game. They did go out there and they beat them. They absolutely blitzed them in the first half, 42 to 26. And then they fell off and watched Howard score 43 in the second half. This is what you're going to get from a young, inexperienced team. And I get it. They're, they're, all these teams are young. But the Harvard team, we, we knew it was going to take some time to gel. And we get this. We get an explosive offensive first half. We get a terrible defensive second half. That is going to happen. Kirkwood was fantastic, 19-12-5. He's going to be the leading guy. So you want to look for those secondary contributors. At the end of the day, Harvard goes 2-0 this week. Okay? At the end of the day, Harvard goes 2-0. They won two games that they were both supposed to win, both at home. Maybe they didn't impress you in their wins. Maybe they didn't, you know, blow the doors off. But looking at the Vegas odds, they were right there. They weren't supposed to be 10-point favorites over either one of these teams. And they won, you know, by six and by eight, by eight you know. They're right there. What I do like is that it's not all on Kirkwood. He's fantastic, and he's going to be the main guy. He's going to be what drives this team, but he's not the only guy. That's something to look forward to with Harvard. We did have a couple of cancellations here along the way, and I don't want to just breeze that over that because last time we talked on the show, and I was actually going to do a special show on Tuesday night about Cornell and Syracuse. I was going to do a little bonus show, but it was not to be had. Cornell had their game canceled against Bryant this week. Cornell had their game canceled against Syracuse this week. So Cornell is the team that I wanted to keep my eye on. Cornell is the team that I was going, you know what? Hey, here's what what we want. Uh, I I want to see if this team is for real. I want to see that offense and how they're doing. Well, they got canceled. So Cornell, uh, a couple cancellations this week, put a little damper on the Ivy League. But, you know, like I said, Harvard and Dartmouth showed some stuff. Uh, Princeton, by the way, they beat Keene 100 to 59. I'm not making too much about that game or, or getting too crazy about what that what that is. Wednesday comes around, and Brown against Rhode Island is supposed to be a decent game. Rhode Island is a favorite, of course, and that was supposed to be a good game. I want to see what Brown was going to be. Well, that game was canceled, and that's kind of where I want to go with today's conversation. Here is that last year for the pandemic, um, when this all began. The Ivy League was the first conference to cancel everything. Now, I went onto YouTube, and I blasted the Ivy League. I thought it was overreactionary. I said, what are they doing? They were out in front of it. Now, I'm still, I'm a Harvard alumni, so I'm still on all of the Harvard email threads, right? And um, I'm still part of the school. I shouldn't say alumni. Uh, So I'm still on the email threads. Well, this week, uh, actually a little bit, about 10 days ago, they made the announcement that they're going fully virtual. Okay, now we're starting to see some games being canceled. Now the Ivy League is kind of panicking. We're watching cancellations in all the leagues. The NFL had to push games back. College football lost a bowl game. Uh, The NBA said, we're going to play on, but you know what? We're going to be missing some guys. The NHL paused the entire league two days before Christmas. And you're starting to see this COVID panic kind of set in again. Well, I will say it again. The Ivy League were at the forefront last year. Last year, before the season began, before the Ivy League, uh, you know, uh, you know, conference tournament began uh, at the end of the year, they pulled everybody. And people said, the Ivy Leagues are crazy, you know? And then all of a sudden we didn't have a tournament. We didn't have a field of 64 two years ago because of 
what Harvard did, and they, Harvard led the charge, and then what all the Ivy Leagues eventually did. So the cancellations start to worry me. The cancellations get, get me nervous. You know, I looked at the cancellations of the Bryant game, and I said, okay, no big deal. You know, uh, no big deal. We, we could get past that. Then Cornell-Syracuse canceled. And what's funny is that the Cornell-Syracuse cancellation didn't blame Cornell. Right. And they didn't say, well, Cornell is going to be canceling here. Um, a lot of that impact came out, uh, uh, even in the Syracuse newspapers, that Syracuse was the one that was canceling games. Now, I think it was a collaborative effort. And now I tend to think it was more Cornell than anything else. But they did craft that basically as Syracuse was the one doing it. Now we look and we see, OK, well, on Wednesday, what happened? Brown was canceled. Brown traveling to Rhode Island was canceled. Again, both East Coast teams. All right. I, I get it. That was a cancellation. Yale against Howard on Thursday suddenly is canceled. No games on Friday. No games on Saturday. And you start to get into a position where Syracuse is now supposed to take on Brown Monday, right after Christmas. Syracuse is supposed to take on Brown, and I'm going, yeah, I don't know, right? I, I mean, they haven't said the Ivy League uh, slate is kind of on pause, but it feels like that. We're not going to have an Ivy League game here for more than a week. We're not going to have an Ivy League game until next Monday, possibly. And I brought up the Syracuse conversation because that is a real conversation. Syracuse crafted this, at least the Syracuse media, crafted it as it was a mutual decision, but it was sort of Syracuse's fault. And Syracuse canceled the game. Where I, I was going, wait a minute, Cornell was canceled before that. Now, Brown was already canceled. They already have a game canceled. Uh, Syracuse, they're going up there. In New York, where there are restrictions already in place in parts of New York that the mandates are coming back, I'd be very hesitant to hang my hat and say, I believe that they're going to play on Monday. Now, I think it's a good game. Syracuse will be a dominant favorite, even though uh, Brown is 8-5. and five. But I wonder if that game's even going to be played. And I'm wondering out loud in, in a bad way, but I wonder if that game's going to be played. And then you get into Tuesday. And we're hoping that things are back to normal by Tuesday, but there's already some problems. Look, Yale has to travel to California to take on St. Mary's. Well, if there's one place that is more stringent than New York on mandates, it might be California. And we might get into that position where it's kind of a, a St. Mary's problem more than a Yale problem. But Yale already had a game canceled this year, right? Just this week. So you have to keep that in the back of your mind. Columbia is right in the middle of New York City, right? Um, there's already problems there. New York is already putting mandates down. I would be shocked if Maryland uh, East Shore comes into Columbia and plays a full game on Tuesday. I hope I'm wrong. Pennsylvania James Madison is also scheduled uh, over at the Palestra. And Cornell, here we go again. They're supposed to take on Hartford. I will continue to mention the potential problems that we have. Now, all of those games are potential problems. All of those games are potential speed bumps. They could be canceled. I would expect some of them to be canceled. And this is what we're looking at with the Ivy League, you know, schedule where we sit. So the last, the last uh, thing I want to mention here is, look, we have Dartmouth takes on New Hampshire. That is on the 29th. And then Harvard is supposed to travel to Kansas on the 29th. And that is a game where you start to get into the position of Kansas likes to have their kind of their games. And it's a lot of money for Harvard to travel there and to kind of pay that money. That's going to be the determining factor for me. You know, I could see a lot of these games being canceled from here on out. 
I could see a lot of shakeup in the Ivy League specifically from here on out, not only college basketball, but I'm talking specifically Ivy Leagues because that's what we do here. I can see a lot of those things going sideways. I can see a lot of that those problems here. The one time that I look and I go, you know what? I don't know if there will be a problem. It will be that Harvard-Kansas game. If Harvard and Kansas gets canceled for anything other than Harvard players have COVID, right? For... Uh, reasons of being cautious or whatnot, then you know this is going to be a, a rough road because Harvard's not going to give up that money to go play Kansas in Lawrence, Kansas. You know, um, during a break where Kansas is a top 10 team, you're not going to have both other schools kind of agree to that and to go out there. So while I, I'm pressing the caution button here this week and, and I don't like the cancellations, I could live with them. And I could deal with them. And I understand them. I would be very surprised if a lot of games are being played, taking place inside New York. I do expect more cancellations for the Ivy League coming up. I have heard nothing about them canceling the season. I have heard nothing about anything, uh, even, a, even a pause or nothing like that yet. But I don't think it's far off. That Harvard-Kansas game on the 29th is going to be a very telling game for a lot of us here uh, that are looking at you know the Ivy League schedule and saying, all right, come on. Come on, let, let's survive this winter. Let, let's get it on. And we, we want some Ivy League games. I think that Harvard game is going to be very, very telling. So unfortunately, look, we don't have a huge show for today because we had so many cancellations and potential uh, absences and whatnot. But I hope you guys did enjoy. Please make sure you guys drive safe out there. Have a very Merry Christmas. And go check me out. It's TomBartonSports.com, at TomBartonSports over on Twitter, and my YouTube channel. I'll be uh, going back and forth for the next couple of weeks on YouTube quite a bit because I got a lot to say. It's at Tom, Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube as well. All right, guys, have a very good and a very Merry Christmas. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.